Thank you for listening to the podcast for Burlingame United Methodist Church, located in Burlingame, California. Each week, we will share a sermon by Reverend Ann Duncan. Thank you for joining us on our journey through the Bible. Our scripture reading is from 2 Timothy, chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. Hear now these words about the importance of the Bible. Every scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for showing mistakes, for correcting, and for training character, so that the person who belongs to God can be equipped to do everything that is good. A very brief passage and very profound, so let's listen one more time. Every scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for showing mistakes, for correcting, and for training character so that the person who belongs to God can be equipped to do everything that is good. May God add blessings to this reading. Thank you, Jim. I want to share with you all this morning my most loved Bible. This is my most loved and my most used Bible. I purchased this in 1999 when I was a freshman in college at the university bookstore. I had signed up for a Hebrew Bible class. We often call it the Old Testament. My professor was female and Jewish, and she became my beloved advisor. Dr. Carol Myers opened this Bible to me. Now, I had read the Bible my entire life, but I remember sitting in that class that fall and registering for the first time that there are two creation stories. I learned that several different manuscripts, perhaps four, were used to write the first five books in the Bible. In my class was one of our Duke basketball stars, Shane Battier. Shane Battier went on to play in the NBA for 12 years. And I remember in the class when we talked about Moses, he said, wow, that Moses guy is pretty spectacular. He went out at the top of his game, just like Michael Jordan. I think Michael Jordan was retiring for the second of three times around that time period. Um, And I will never read about Moses without thinking about Michael Jordan. And truthfully, I think we all just sort of sat there stunned that Shane Battier had spoken and that we were all in the presence of hearing him. He happened to be a religion major, in fact, at Duke. Where did you first hear the stories of the Bible? Do you have a beloved Bible? I found these Bibles up here in our archives this week at the church This one is on its side because the binding is very loose. This one was given to the church in 1945 in celebration of someone's 50th wedding anniversary. 
So as Myrna and I said, that means they got married in 1895. Um, and so this is one of those Bibles. These other two, this one is from 1847. And it's sitting upstairs in our archives room. Beautiful Bibles. Some of you have shared with me your Bible. You've shown it to me, shared with me who gave it to you, opened its pages, showed me the highlights. Bibles can be one of our most precious possessions. It can strengthen our relationship with God. In 1729, almost 300 years ago, three young men at Oxford University gathered in one of their dorm rooms to read the Bible together. They were in college as freshmen, just like I was. These seekers invited a 23-year-old priest and professor at Oxford to come and to teach them in their room. This bright priest and professor was John Wesley. Soon, others on campus began to call this small group of scripture readers Bible moths, M-O-T-H-S, Bible moths. They seem to hover over the scripture just as moths do to a flame. Then they gave them another nickname that happened to stick. They were very methodical in their prayer, in their fasting, in their receiving of communion. They got the name Methodist. Methodist for their methodical study. Wesley did not begin his ministry to create something unique. He neither advocated a particular way of being Christian, nor intended to form a new Christian denomination. Wesley simply read the Bible and then responded to the ways that he heard God speaking to him. Nevertheless, that gathering of young adults who studied the Bible marked the beginning of a religious revival that has changed millions of lives and has transformed our world. In May and June, we are exploring what it means to be a United Methodist. Today, I remind us that United Methodists are first and foremost people who read the Bible and seek to be disciples of Jesus Christ. United Methodists are first and foremost people who seek to read the Bible and to be faithful disciples of Jesus Christ. Wesley first learned the stories of Jesus from his mother, from his mother, Susanna, whose photo we saw earlier. For the rest of his life, Wesley would read that Bible and again seek to be faithful to God. Reading the Bible and following its teachings are the foundation of our church. United Methodists from Africa to the Pacific Islands to Europe, the United States, and Southeast Asia all gather to read the Bible in living rooms, outside in parks, and in churches. Together we listen to God's work, word, and we seek to do God's will. United Methodists believe that the Bible is the primary source for listening to God. The Bible contains 66 different books, which were compiled over a thousand years, but re represent a much longer time period. Composed by many authors, the books of the Bible spoke to specific audiences and particular historical contexts addressing many different issues. As we heard as we read the Bible together last year, 
there's always a historical context and a specific audience in which these words were first shared. But the human experience depicted through the pages are ones we can all identify with. The Bible's pretty down to earth. People are born, they marry, they have children, they get sick, and they die. Bible characters also portray, betray their friends, commit violent acts, and sometimes put their own interests ahead of others. Yet throughout the Bible, God reaches out and changes lives. God's Spirit inspired the Bible's authors as they compiled stories of God's mighty acts and described people who became obedient to God. God's Spirit continues to move today whenever we read the Bible. From Genesis, that very first book in the Bible, to the last book of Revelation, God is revealed. And I want to summarize the Bible for you in three short minutes. Are you ready? Okay, buckle up. Three minutes. At creation, God formed human beings in the image of God and breathed into them life. God called these humans very good. He placed them in a beautiful world and created a covenant relationship with them. Over and over, however, God's people failed to love God back. In response, rather than abandoning these people that God called very good and so loved, God continued to invite people back into a right relationship. Abraham and Sarah were called to leave their native country, travel to a new land, and become a blessing to all peoples. When God's people were slaves in Egypt, God sent Moses to free them and lead them into the promised land. Spirit-filled men and women served God's people once they had crossed the Jordan River. God granted the people's wish for rulers, such as David, to establish an earthly kingdom. When the kings ruled unjustly, prophets arose among God's people with words of judgment and hope. In the fullness of time, God sent Jesus Christ, born of Mary and the Holy Spirit. Jesus healed the sick, preached forgiveness, reconciliation, and proclaimed a new reign for God. Jesus called together diverse people of various social and economic backgrounds. And when Jesus' ministry was rejected by religious leaders and the Roman government, he was crucified, died, and buried. At its climax, the Bible proclaims that God raised Jesus from the dead. In this post-Easter season, what happens next? When Jesus the Christ ascended into heaven, this Thursday is Ascension Day, 40 days after Easter, Jesus ascended into heaven and the Holy Spirit became the guide and companion for the followers. The church was formed and its members shared with family and friends and strangers the good news of life redeemed, abundant, and everlasting. Through the witness of Paul, and Lydia, and others, the church spread from Jerusalem to Rome to the ends of the earth. The Bible closes with the hope-filled vision of a new heaven and a new earth as Christ brings fulfillment to God's reign of peace and justice. And at the end of history and a new creation, all of God's people will live in harmony with God. 
United Methodist, along with Christians everywhere, proclaim these biblical stories as we remember who we are as people of God. How do we understand these biblical stories? We do not regard the Bible as without error in regards to history or science. The Bible does provide, however, a trustworthy roadmap and compass, inviting us to discover in its pages everything we need to know about God, everything we need to know to have a relationship with God. So what makes Methodists distinct in reading the Bible? You might be thinking, well, and everybody reads the Bible who calls themselves Christian. So what makes us unique as Methodist? What makes us unique is that we read and interpret the Bible along with three additional considerations, tradition, experience, and reason. You may have heard this called before the Wesleyan quadrilateral or the quadrilateral in which we take scripture as the primary source and use tradition, reason, and experience to inform what we are reading. We read the Bible, consider the traditions of the church, recall our own human experience, and make use of reason. Tradition is the first filter that we use when we read Scripture. Because Christians throughout the ages and in many places have read and reflected on the Bible, we do not pick up the Bible and read it from scratch. We're not the first ones to read and have pondered these words. We know the importance of drawing on the knowledge of interpreters to understand what we read in God's book. United Methodists have the collective wisdom. We have theologians and scholars from many different cultures and communions, both past and present, to help us read. We read this and we see what others have said about it before. In addition to tradition, United Methodists also read Scripture with our own experiences. United Methodists in California are going to read this Bible differently than if we lived in Africa or in Asia, simply because we have had different experiences. Each one of us can consider our own setting, our own context. What in my experience says that this makes sense? Does this read true to what I have experienced in my life? We use tradition, what others have said before us. We also use our own personal experience to inform what we're reading. In addition to tradition and experience, we're encouraged to use our God-given reason. Wesley wrote often that he wanted to lift up our common sense. God gave us minds and we're expected to use them. So every time I preach and I teach and I reflect on the scriptures, I also study the traditions. I've been taught in school, what are the traditions? What do they say about Christianity? I reflect on my own experiences. What does this tell me about what I am seeing in my own life? How does this make sense to the world that I look out on? And I seek to be wise. How does this make sense to me? I am United Methodist. I use these four, scripture, tradition, experience, and reason to inform how I read the Bible. How can we hear God's word in the Bible today? It can be intimidating to anyone. I still have so much to learn. 
For some readers, it helps to pick one book in the Bible to begin with. Many of you read the Gospel of Luke with me during Lent. Take one book and dive in. We read it alongside Adam Hamilton's book. Again, using tradition so that we can be informed about what we're hearing. We then gather together on Zoom once a week so we could talk about what we are reading and what we are learning. I encouraged the youth at Lake Tahoe two weeks ago to start with some psalms, to open that book of psalms in the very middle of their Bible. We took our Bible. If you open it up pretty much in the middle, it's not working for me right now, then you would get the psalms. Okay, I've got Jeremiah. But the Psalms, to start there, and they can find all sorts of human emotions and experiences. I also have printed, and I thought that I had up here, the Essential 100 Bible Stories. I don't see it, but they're on. Larry's already picked one up. Okay, so it is on a yellow sheet of paper on the table out here, and it has 100 Essential Bible Stories. There are 50 from the Old Testament and 50 from the New Testament, and none of them are longer than two chapters. It covers some of those biggest highlights and stories in the Bible. I encourage you as you leave today to pick up that paper. Perhaps it could be a way that you could start or continue your Bible reading. Each Sunday, you can join a group of readers on Zoom at 1245. They read their Bible. They use tradition. They talk together using their experience and reason and they are always welcoming newcomers to that experience. Like those first Methodist college students in Oxford, today United Methodists all around the world are reading their Bible. In our private devotions, we read scripture and reflect on our daily lives. I didn't say this earlier, but I do want to say if you need a Bible, if you want a Bible, if you want to talk about what translation you might enjoy, speak to me and I will buy you a Bible. Ask. I've always thought if anyone in the church said, why are we buying someone a Bible who approved this expense? <laughs> I would say, hey, listen, <laughs> I will always buy someone a Bible. So if you're interested, talk to me. I'll give you one from my office. I'll order one from you. We'll find one that you can use and that you enjoy. We, as United Methodists, gather in classrooms and living rooms to study the Word using United Methodist resources and other studies. In worship, we hear the Bible read and proclaimed. Through our hymns and songs, we sing the Bible. We teach our children that beloved song, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. We pray the Lord's Prayer today, also found in the Bible. And so it is that we, United Methodist Christians, discover through the Bible a new and renewed relationship with God and with one another. How do we live as United Methodist Christians? We follow the example of those Bible moths in Oxford. Pick up a Bible. Read it. Listen to it. Study it with others. And when you hear God's word, I invite you to respond. John Wesley read the scriptures, seek salt to apply it to his life. May we, like him, like his mother before him, Susanna, seek to do the same. Pick up a Bible. Read it. Use your tradition, your reason, experience, 
read it with others. And I pray that you might find your life transformed as you seek to do God's will in your life as well. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen. I invite the band to come back up.